Welcome to the Watermark Students Podcast, a podcast for students featuring students where we discuss the everyday issues of teenage life from a Christian perspective. For more information on Watermark Students, check out watermark.org students, and we hope that this episode is helpful to you. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Watermark Students Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will McElroy. And before I even introduce anyone else, uh, I need you to do a favor Guys, for I me. I wish y'all would see his passion and yeah. excitement. This man's arms are up is. in the air. Yeah. <laughs> I want you right now to go scroll around and find the subscribe button, the follow button, and then scroll around some more and Just find scroll the, around. the review button and go leave a review. Let us know your favorite hosts what you like most about uh germaine and uh because this just helps us with the algorithms and whatnot to just uh to get boosted uh and so wow is that how you Will, say it you don't, you don't have to scroll around the 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 review button is always at the top on spotify or always at the top of the the the, the podcast on apple Podcasts. it's no, no need go. to scroll around it's just right there but Pretty you, easy. You should do it. Yeah, you it, should, though. Yeah. So, but anyways, uh, <laughs> speaking of Jermaine, Jermaine, it's good to have you here. Hey, great to be here. And then we're also joined with uh, Kaylee Pinkerton. Great to be here as well. And then our student guest today is uh, Riley Campion. What's up, Riley? Hey, everyone. So, okay, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where'd you go to high school? And then where are you going to college? Um, I just graduated from J.J. Pierce High School. And I'm going to Samford University. Okay. Two weeks. Come on. Not yeah. to be confused with Stanford, yes, fear right. the tree, but Samford, yeah. fear the bulldogs. bulldogs or something. I have a question. Do you yeah. feel as though you have to articulate the difference every time you say your school? Yes. I've like, noticed that anyone that goes time. to Samford, mm-hmm. the next sentence out of their mouth is not Stanford. not Stanford. Here's the other question. If someone says like, Oh, wow. Like, I really love California. Are you going to correct them? (laughs) (laughs) I do. And it's very awkward, but, or sometimes I will. I'll let them walk away. Mm. Because no no one ever says, like, oh, I love Alabama. But, like, I always say, (laughs) I'm going to Stanford in Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, that's good. That helps. Sometimes they'll still just hear Stanford Mm -hmm. and they won't hear the Alabama part, but it's okay. Which I actually do love Alabama too. I've never had a bad time in Alabama. Justice for Alabama. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm I apologize. (laughs) I've been to Alabama. All the Alabamans. Uh, Okay, I got one more. Bamian? I don't know. Hmm. Alabamans. I have one more question though, Riley, before we get into the topic today. (laughs) By the time this comes out, you'll already be in Alabama. Mm -hmm. What do you think you'll miss most about Dallas, Texas? Mm, the ice cream. Birmingham <laughs> does not. I have yet to find not just it's like a good ice cream place, but one that gives you just a lot of ice cream. Yeah. Before it's like tongue in cheek. I'm gonna miss Andy's, Brahms, all the all Texas of the Texas ice cream. Which one will you miss the most? Oh, I don't know. Uh, probably tongue in cheek. Yeah. Mm, classic. That's good. Mm. Riley, did you do extensive research? Like you went on Google and typed in ice cream places near Samford University to, you know, come to this conclusion that there aren't many good ones? Or did you just go get a McFlurry and <laughs> ride it off? <laughs> <laughs> I have been like a few times and every time I go, I get to find one. And when I ask people for ice cream wrecks, they just give me the ones I've already been to. So mm. it's either... No one knows or I don't know. They just, hey, if you're listening out here and you need a business idea, Riley's looking for top notch Texas cow based dairy in, in Birmingham, Birmingham, Alabama. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Nice. Um, There's opportunity out there. Well, Riley, we're really glad you're here. Thanks for being um, willing to jump on the podcast today and talk about something that I think is a really helpful um, conversation for us to be having, really just for students and what does it look like um, to experience apathy in our relationship with God. And so I'm really excited for this and thankful um, for you being here. And so really just to start, I think it's, we're using the word apathy, right? So let's define what that is. Like, what does it mean to be apathetic? Yeah. Um, apathy is just the lack of interest or concern, just being indifferent, um, towards something and just taking the emotion out of it. Um, spiritual apathy can just look like knowing the, knowing the Lord and reading your Bible and praying and that those things just may not have a hold on your heart anymore. Um, you've just grown numb to God's word and the freeing truth found there. Um, it's not loving your sin, but not hating it. And so you just get comfortable with it. Um, maybe in the simplest form, it's just living for yourself instead of God. Mm. Yeah. It's like, it's like the, the idea that came to my mind when you were just talking is like coasting. Like if you're like in at the beach or something like that, and you're you know, you're not paying attention to where you are. You're not grounded. Like your feet aren't on the, on, on the sand, you know, and you're having a conversation. And then after a while you look up and you're like literally so far gone from where, you know, all of your stuff is on the beach and, and you thought you were okay. You thought you were fine the whole time, but you, you really weren't. You're, you're mm -hmm. far from where you want started or where you wanted to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, yeah, I love that. I think what, is important to state too is that I think a lot of people listening could be apathy doesn't sound that bad or coasting you know actually sounds kind of nice uh, and what's the big deal about apathy but um, I think just to take that coasting analogy a little bit further is the this may sound dramatic but I, I really think the road to terrible places or the the road to hell happens one step at a time and for example like right now I uh, you know, I love the Lord. I love spending time in God's word. I love being surrounded by his people. Chances are tomorrow, it'd be highly unlikely that tomorrow I'm going to wake up and be like, you know what? I'm abandoning all of it. But if you were to tell me said, Hey, Will, five years from now, you're going to be an atheist. The, the pathway that it took to get there would start with apathy. It would start with me waking up and saying, you know what? Like I, I don't really need to get in the word today or like I don't feel like getting the word or I don't feel like really just being honest and authentic with community. No, it would start with one step at a time is how I would get there. And I think that first step is always just becoming apathetic. Yeah, that's so good. And the, the only other thing I'll say on that, it's like, you know, apathy is like eating a meal on Monday morning and and thinking or feeling or believing that you're fine for the rest of the week. Like you don't mm -hmm. need to eat any more food because, you know, that moment was enough for you and that the rest of the week is you're going to be sustained all week by that one meal. And it's just it's just not true. And then it leads to what what Will was just describing. So, yeah, I, I agree with everything you're saying. And Jermaine, as you were talking, I actually have this mental picture of you floating on a like a beach floaty out <laughs> in the middle of the ocean. One time we were at the beach together and it was it's the perfect illustration to what you were talking about. You just kept getting further oh, and further. The, and was it on the paddleboard? It, in, yeah, when we were in Key West yes. and you were just floating oh, yeah, away yeah. and away and away. Uh, but all jokes aside, I agree with everything you guys are saying. And I do think that apathy is something that we've kind of normalized as a part of the Christian experience. Like the longer you walk with Jesus, the more common it is for you to feel apathetic at a certain point. And because it can be a normal experience, we've just kind of made it this like 
respectable sin or like, oh, everyone is apathetic sometimes. It's no big deal. Uh, But I love that we've addressed that apathy unchecked can become a really big deal and it does need to be taken seriously. And so grateful for your guys' thoughts. Riley, um, let's take it back to you. Can you describe a time where you've struggled with apathy and what did that look like for you? I would say my junior year, I really struggled with spiritual apathy in my walk. Um, It followed a season where I was constantly in the word. It was just that five months of COVID where I had so much time. And so I was just reading the Bible a lot. Um, I don't remember anything big happening like nothing I can put my finger on, but just, I just believe the lie that I could do life on my own, that those five months of being in his word were enough for the rest of my life. Um, I thought I could keep my thoughts pure. I thought I could not want to please people. Um, I want to be anxious that my words would be uplifting. Um, and there would come moments where I would just like wonder why I'm struggling. And, um, in reality, a lot of things just became dry in my life because, um, I wasn't filling it with the living water and the word Mm -hmm. of God. Um, most of my days I just got in the cycle of waking up, going to practice, school, homework, go to bed late at night and like do it all over again. And, I called it like the hamster wheel of apathy, um, just the same things over and over and just wouldn't make room for the Lord in my mind or in my time. Um, and I just, the truth I had grown up hearing over and over, just like the freeing truth of the gospel, I'd grown numb to and therefore just acted um, in a way that wasn't pleasing to the Lord. I never said, God, I don't want to live for you anymore, but my actions definitely said that. Two things really marked the season of apathy, just one not spending time in God's word. If I did, it was just in case someone asked me, hey, did you spend time in the word today? And it was just a a checkbox. And the second was just my ability to just say um, answers in small group or community that would just seem deeper and intentional, but were just like shallow and I didn't didn't mean it. Um, It just got easy to show up and say I was struggling, but I would just leave. And if I was convicted, then I would just ignore it mm-hmm. and keep going. Why, why'd you call it the, I really liked it, the hamster wheel of apathy. Why, why use that phrasing? I just think like looking back, it's easier to see it, but I was just running and doing the things over and over and just spins. And I, I just got like in this rhythm to where I was I mean, I just grew numb to like Mm -hmm. the other things. Mm -hmm. I just literally did the same things over and over. And I feel like it's also hard to stop once you get that wheel and that cycle going. It's like like the hamster wheel. It's just like it's hard to get off. It just keeps going. Yeah. Yeah. I think like as you were talking, like two things came to my mind of like, man, what's like, you know, at the root of your experience maybe and and even listeners um, and and their experience with apathy. I think um, one of the things that comes to my mind is an over-reliance on a, you know, a camp high season, if you will. Like, which is why the the concept of camp high even exists. Mm -hmm. You go into camp, you spend a lot of time with friends, you worship, you have this experience, if you will, of closeness to God. And you think, okay, I'm good. I've had that. That's gonna, that's gonna last me. And it never lasts. Or the other side of it is the unrealistic expectation that that's how you should feel at all times in your spiritual walk. And if you don't feel like at this, you know, this level 10, if you will, then something must be wrong. You must not be doing it right. Or, you know, whatever else, the doubts and questions that might come to your mind. So that's really good. And I think for me, apathy 
has kind of just been a byproduct of, you know, where I'm at in terms of responding to the gospel, like you said. And so scripture really does promise us that what Jesus has done for us, saving us from like the death we deserve and delivering us to freedom in him, that even living in this broken world, we can have life to the full. And I think the world promises us that life is found outside of God. There's so many other things that are tempting for us to find life in that we just start to buy that lie. It can be really easy to be like, being a Christian isn't that life-giving. Um, and we just numb mm-hmm. out to all of the promises that God has provided for us in scripture. And they just don't feel as fresh as maybe they did when we first accepted the gospel or first started walking with the Lord. Oh, yeah. And it's and it's obviously church kids are most prone towards apathy because mm-hmm. you've heard that Jesus loved you, died on the cross, rose again from the dead, you know, thousands, literally thousands of times over the course of your life. Um, one of the most striking things for me is like as we interview leaders, um, young adults to be small group leaders, um, over and over in the majority of testimonies, you'll hear someone say, I grew up in church, um, but I don't even really remember hearing the gospel. And and maybe a part of the reason for that is that they had grown numb to it. And it wasn't that necessarily it wasn't being shared but that they weren't hearing it because it had just become it was as if someone was saying the sky is blue or mm-hmm. coffee is great it, it it just it didn't have the impact that like Kaylee was saying the gospel should have on us every time we hear it mm-hmm. so. totally so what do you guys think Riley I'll start with you what do you think are maybe some warning signs that you may be moving towards spiritual apathy yeah um I would say one is just not reading your Bible. Like, don't hear me say, like, if you struggle with getting in the word or making a a discipline, then you're apathetic. But what changed was just like the conviction of, or like I didn't have that conviction of like, oh, I need to get in the word. And so if you are someone who has been just doing well, like getting in your word and then start just forgetting to do it, that could just be a warning sign. And earlier what I mentioned about Talking about your struggles or confessing, um, if you're just saying answers to check a box, I would say that's also a warning sign. With those both, I would say, like, where's your heart in it all? And your heart posture just matters so much. I could talk about struggling with isolation two years ago and today. And what's different about today is just my dependence on the Lord and sharing from a heart that wants to be convicted and wants to repent. Um, And then I would say... The biggest warning sign, the check engine light of it all, um, is just when you get comfortable with your sin and you don't hate your sin um, the way that the Lord does. Mm. Oh, it means you're being apathetic. That's amazing. Thanks for sharing that. I think one that comes to my mind as like a, a check engine light, if you will, is when I start to like self-justify of like, hey, I really don't feel like I have that desire of spending time in the word or have that desire of surrounding myself with community or, you know, going to church. And so, you know, in the midst of my self-justification, I'm like, I'm going to wait for that desire to return. And then I'll, you know, get back into the habits that led to me, you know, like enjoying my walk with the Lord. And so we wait for the desire to return. And I think if if that's what you if that's where you're at right now, you're like, man, I just don't feel it. And I'm waiting until I feel it. I think that that's definitely a check engine light as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I think I go to Hebrews five verses 12 through even 14. Um, but pretty much the author of Hebrews is just talking about, hey, like you guys should be teachers by now. Like I've I know you, you you're capable 
You've been doing this long enough that you should be teaching God's word. But instead, he says, you need milk, not solid food for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. And I remember there was this Francis Chan sermon that I was watching where like the whole sermon, he kept, you know, pastors sometimes drink like from water bottles. Like Mm -hmm. he had a baby bottle with milk in it and he kept sipping from it. And finally at the end, he's like, hasn't this looked like so weird like that? I've been drinking from a baby bottle. But his (laughs) illustration was just like. It's weird because like I'm an adult, like I'm capable of more than this. And so I think kind of a check engine light for me is like, am I the same as I was two years ago? Am I still like drinking the milk that like I was whenever I was like an infant in my my faith? Or have I like, have I grown? Have I moved on? Like, am I capable of like teaching others that I wasn't capable of teaching before? And so I think that's, that's one for me is like, if you're, if you're not growing, then then you're, you're dying in your faith, essentially. Yeah, no, that's so good. If, if I were to add one thing, I'd say a warning sign for me in my life has been criticism. And so if I start to notice that maybe I'm more critical than I am receptive or encouraged by things in the church, maybe it's <clears throat> worship songs, maybe it's the pastor teaching, maybe it's if I'm in a small group discussion and someone's giving an answer and I'm finding my heart just to be kind of hard and critical to what they're saying, maybe of just like, that's dumb, that's a cliche answer. Why did the pastor say that? Why is the worship band doing that? That is a warning sign for me that my heart is getting apathetic um, and that I can act upon that and take that to the Lord and and need to just own that. And so um, really great answers, guys. Thanks for sharing. And so with that in mind, say someone is like, okay, the warning signs are there. I'm definitely struggling with spiritual apathy. Riley, um, how do... How does people fight it? You know, what should they do? Do you have any practical steps or scripture for how to fight spiritual apathy? Yeah. Um, what you already said of identifying it and just like admitting that you need help or have a problem like that um, is obviously the first step. And I read one of John Piper's Desiring God articles um, and it just said, you're treating life as though you can get up each morning and meander instead of run. And meander just means following a winding course and that just woke me up it hit me hard because I just spent the last months of my life um following my own winding course in life Mm -hmm. and what happened there I just took my eyes off of Jesus um and so I think the first thing I would say is uh waking up and reading a verse that would just realign um my heart in the morning and it can be any just would pick one or rotate through a few that just would stir my affections for the Lord and at camp that summer, um, after I kind of had realized I had been walking in an apathetic way, um, I saw a counselor had written on her wrist, Simple Gospel. And when I asked her about it, she just said um, that she daily grounded herself in the truth of the gospel. Like she turned to the gospel that we are all sinners who deserve eternal death, but Christ died so that we may have life in him. And what a simple but um, just radical reminder. Um just like remind yourself of the gospel. So I just started to read Ephesians 2 and Colossians 2. Just go read it. Um, it will just remind you of God's love and grace displayed in Christ. And so remind yourself of the gospel, but also find a verse you can wake up and read um, and do those things just along with reading your Bible and journal and just take the time to rest and be still. Fill your time with things above and because it can be easier to be apathetic in your faith when you're giving away your mind space and time to other things. I love that. I love That's even good. that you said, like, you would just pick one verse a day. Because I think sometimes when I felt apathetic, out of guilt or shame, I've tried to overcompensate mm-hmm. and be like, okay, I haven't read my Bible in a month. 
I'm going to read so much Bible to make up for it. And then I burn out eventually. And I think it's helpful to give yourself a little grace and build back towards discipline of if getting in God's word has been a struggle, you may set yourself up for failure if you're trying to jump in and read a whole book in one day to make up for Mm -hmm. the time that you missed. But starting small and rebuilding disciplines, because eventually those small disciplines will lead to further delight and will lead you to deeper, you know, deeper disciplines from there. Here's to Riley. What I I love about that, just like getting up and finding one verse is I think I spend a lot of time listening to my thoughts and when I should be just preaching to my thoughts. And I I think of where David is just like, why are you downcast? Oh, my soul. Like he's just, he's talking to himself and asking his soul. And so in the same way, I'm like, I want to be someone who's just like, hey, soul, like, What's, what's going on? Like, like why, <laughs> hey, why, are, why are we acting the way we are? And then telling my soul, being like, hey, there's a different way to act. And then finding like scripture, like you said, Riley, every morning and just like reminding myself and preaching that to myself rather than just listening to my thoughts. Mm. I, I think both of your last couple of things that you've said, Will, are like really helpful in, in that you have to make time to address the apathy, um, mm-hmm. like like sitting still for long enough. You know, like you were talking about the Hebrews 5, you know, you should be teaching and you still are, you know, are drinking from a baby's bottle. And it takes time and honest self-reflection to go, man, I'm in the same place I was two years ago. And you know, a change is necessary. Like, Lord, help me, show me, you know, where that change might be. So I love that. I think the mm-hmm. the practical advice I would add to what you and, and Riley and Kaylee have shared so far is like, honestly, just breaking up the monotony. Um, maybe if you, you know, sit on your couch, uh, you know, for your, your quiet time and you sit there and you're like, nah, you know, you're just not feeling it. Like, go sit outside um, mm-hmm. like even for me personally, I've, I've practically, um, like with my prayer life, like what I typically do is journal. Um, and that can become like, it can feel like a, Hey, let me do this to check it off of the list. And so, you know, this year, some of the things that I've done is like, Hey, sometimes instead of journaling my prayers, I'll go on a prayer walk mm-hmm. or sometimes instead of like my usual way of, you know, like writing out my prayers, I'll just devote a certain amount of time to just thanking the Lord for all of these things or praying for a particular group of people. And and it's just that specific group, like praying for all of our small group leaders or, or mm-hmm. whatever it might be. And so like doing stuff like that can help, you know, get you out of the rut as well. Absolutely. Jermaine, I know I've shared this on the podcast before, but you saying that reminded me of it. But really pursuing a relationship with Christ, if you think about if a guy and a girl had just started dating and they only went on the same date every single day, they only went to the same restaurant, sat in the same booth, had the same food, same waiter. Like eventually, don't you think one of the two is going to get bored and like would raise their hand and be like, hey, I'm having fun. But can we mix it up a little? This is too much tongue-in-cheek ice cream. It's too much tongue-in-cheek <laughs> ice cream. And yeah, eventually, never. like, I want to get to know you in a different way through a different experience shared together. And the same is true for our personal relationship with the Lord. And if we do find ourselves in a redundant rut, that can lead to apathy. And so I agree with you completely um, and am grateful that you were sharing that. And so, Riley, what is one final piece of advice that you'd give to the student that's listening today, stuck in apathy? Um, but wanting to live fully and freely in Christ. Mm -hmm. 
Um, my final encouragement comes from Colossians 1, verses 11 through 14. It just says, So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of His holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And I'll just say, let that encourage your heart, um, just to have a desire to live for him and be strengthened by his spirit. Just strengthen. I love that it said that because that's so true. Just the opposite of living for yourself is relying on the Lord and allowing him to give you strength each day. May it just also remind you, um, remind us all of just the grace giving given to us and just living from that. And so I would also say, pray that the Lord would renew your heart um, just to have a desire to know him, find a verse and wake up and read it and start having tangible ways that you can just realign your heart. Finally, just fix your, fix your eyes on Jesus because it's hard to lose your way when you look to the one that will guide you and renew you and give you rest. That's so good. I love what you shared from Colossians 1 and just the reminder of what Jesus has done for us and his deliverance from the domain of darkness to the domain of light. And even the final encouragement I would give is a prayer um, out of Psalm 51 that just, it's Psalm 51 verses um, 10 through 12, where David is praying that God would restore his heart, that he would create in him a new heart. And in verse 12, it says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. And I think often based on what you shared in Colossians 1, apathy comes from, I just forget what he's done for me or I'm not as overwhelmed or have the appropriate response of what he's done for me. And a Psalm 51 prayer is something I pray often that God would create in me a new heart when I'm feeling apathetic and that he would restore to me the joy of his salvation because we have so much mm. to be joyful for yeah. because of what he's done for us. Yeah, mm. that's so good. Two, two final things that I would say to anyone that struggling with apathy or maybe will struggle with apathy. The first one is that, hey, God is an active and moving Mm -hmm. God. And if we want to be holy like him, then we also should be people who are active and moving. And then I think what that looks like is uh, just to even just encourage the three of you guys. I, I would say that we all can think of that person that like, man, whenever they're sitting with someone, like they're always turning the Bible or they're always encouraging someone, or they seem to always have like a verse for, for something like they, they could turn to their Bible under any circumstance. And just even well, I'm saying, encourage you three people, because I think y'all three are people that I've, I've seen do that before. And, uh, I would say that didn't happen by accident. And if you're listening and you know, that person that they just like love God, like no one else, like that didn't happen by accident. Uh, they weren't saved through their works. They weren't saved through things they've done, but through their faith and they're working from their faith, right? They're, they're working at it. They're trying and they're trying to learn. And so even you, Jermaine, you're someone that like, I know the other day we were like trying to remember what like a verse was. And I think like Psalm 16 and you just recited it. Like you knew what it was. And that just shows me that like, Hey, here's a man who like he, he tries, like he's working and training himself uh, for godliness. And so my encouragement is uh, to let you know, if you're listening, like that could be you. Like it's possible. It's not too far fetched for you uh, to to do those disciplines and to to be that. Hmm. Let's go. My, and then my last thing, and then we can wrap up. Is like Matt, whoever's listening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, washing dishes, on a run, whatever else you're doing. Like the next meal that you're at, like when you pray, 
like intentionally say the the these words or something like this like lord just like i need this food for my physical body to be sustained and strengthened and do all that it was meant to do in the same way i need you i need you to sustain me spiritually i need you to sustain me in all the ways um that that i experience this life because without you i can do nothing i think like that realization of our desperate daily moment by moment need for the lord is an incredible tool to use to fight against apathy so good well y'all great conversation riley thank you so much for being here we're gonna miss you a ton when you move to birmingham we'll send you some ice cream via mail i think it might melt by the time it gets there so (laughs) sorry in advance but grateful for you and the ways that you have contributed and served and been a light in our ministry and so we're praying for you as you head to Samford. But until then, guys, always great to be here in the studio with Aye. you. Um, let's go fight some apathy and live in the fullness of <laughs> the fullness of joy that God has given us, right? But until then, don't forget if you're scrolling around on that <laughs> on that uh, Spotify <laughs> just page, searching just, aimlessly. Just boost, boost us by uh, what would you say? Well, hitting that subscribe Smashing button. Smashing the Smash subscribe that button. Subscribe button. <laughs> um, but if you guys do have anything you'd want for us to talk about on future podcast episodes, you can follow us on Instagram at Shoreline Dallas. DM us. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. But until then, have a great week of worship. We'll see you. All the best.